Hello and welcome to the new season of Fantasy Football Interrupted. Where where, where, where? Whoa, sound effects already coming in. Hot. That budget hasn't increased, you can tell. Where, where, where? Just two guys chatting up some fantasy football topics. Uh, we don't have any expert advice really to give, just kind of hashing it out and seeing where this thing goes. So welcome to a brand new season. Uh, last season lasted a whole episode, a whole series of one episode, but we're going to aim <laughs> for at least doubling that this season. At least double, and then cut it in half. All right, so Alex... Good to talk to you, man. It's been a while overall. I haven't talked to you in a couple months. You've been out with a broken wrist. Haven't seen you at softball or anything. And you've had a kid, so you've been busy as well. I know. I have had a kid, so now I can uh, truly be part of Fantasy Football Interrupted while I'm interrupted by screams of crying from a new baby. Uh, so that's fun. I feel I feel uh, very happy to be able to be a part of the dad club now. Well, welcome. So uh, let's then just roll right into this, though. No more time for small talk. Um, first off, let's get on to what leagues we are in this year. Um, and also, how did you make out last year with your fantasy football? So let's start off with that. What, how did uh, last season's fantasy football work out for you? So last season in our draft, uh, we do a draft party where we play cornhole. I, I was perfect in the fact that I got exactly where I wanted to be in, in positioning and then I got Todd Gurley stolen from me, essentially, in the draft because I picked the two spot instead of the one spot. Um, I, I lamented about that for at least six weeks. And uh, I was doing great on the waiver wire. I, were, I was picking up people two and three weeks before they were getting the starting jobs, but I would drop them a week before they would get that starting job, not trusting myself. So all of that together, I should have won the league uh, I, I calculated all the points that I would have been up against and I would have won, but I didn't trust myself. So that's what I'm going to say for everyone listening is trust your instincts, go with it and don't make too many moves. I won every single league, but that league because of that, I was in three leagues. So I won two of them and I didn't win ours, but again, calculated the points, how I would have been up against and, and I would have beaten Sam. I would have beaten Chris and I would have taken the championship. So, uh, I, I did feel like I didn't trust myself, and that's going to be the note for this year. So, yeah, lamenting doesn't do anything. We've got a new year ahead of us. I honestly don't know how many leagues I'll be in, uh, at least two. I tried to get out of one of them last year, and they told me I couldn't. So, again, instead I won the league and was like, oh, thanks for making me stay. Uh, I even was against Aaron Rodgers in the uh, final game on Week 16 and still won. So then this year I've got one standard league. And uh, two half-point PPRs. I've never done a full-point P- full PPR. Uh, I feel like it's weighted too much towards wide receivers than it is uh, towards running backs. And for me, I-, I think it's a lot more fair for it to be a half-point. It doesn't seem to be as big a discrepancy between total points of wide receivers and total points of running backs. Well, I mean, that's what all across all leagues last year it seemed that the running back and tight end position, there is like – a top three for each position. And then after that, it's a precipitous drop off. So if you don't have one of those top three in either of those positions, you can not doing great. So that kind of brings me to like drafting. Uh, why don't we explicitly just draft the top three running backs and top three tight ends and then start picking up wide receivers, quarterbacks. We don't do that. We always get a little nervous by the second round and somebody fires off the Aaron Rodgers or the Pat Mahomes. All right, well, we'll get to that in a moment when we talk some draft strategy. But then 
I wanted to then talk about how many. So you did three leagues last year, and what formats were those leagues? I have two half point PPRs and one standard, and I tried to get out of the standard one because it's just such a waste of time for me. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly behind that. Because you were texting me earlier that you wanted to have a little discussion about strategy for PPR versus standard, and we'll get to that in a minute, but. I don't even understand the point of being in a standard league. It's just dumb. It just, it feels like, and it's not even a whole point. So it's like you have to get 10 full yards to get that point. So it's not even a decimal. You don't get any percentage. So if he has nine rushing yards and, and receiving nine receiving yards, you get no points. And, and what, how is that even fair? So I'm not a fan of the scoring system. It took me three years before I even made it to the playoffs in a standard league. Well, you know, it's like our electoral college. It's like, oh, you could win almost 49% of the state, but if you don't get that one last percent, uh, you lose the entire points. But I digress. So anyway, um, then, so how many leagues are you in this year then? I'm, I'm starting in two. I tried to get out of the other one and he hasn't contacted me, but it doesn't mean I'm not in it. Uh, I, I'd much rather just be in the two and really focus on that, but because that third one always seems to die off in around week nine. Yeah, I, I, I'm in three, I think. So far, I'm in two for sure. It's our LA Local League, uh, which is the redraft PPR league, and then I still have my ongoing Dynasty League, which is, I think I'm in year seven or eight with that one. Uh, we just have recently had our rookie draft a couple weeks ago. Um, and then I have the third one, which is this work league one, which I don't know if it's happening or not. I think it is. I just got the guy just reached out to me. Anyway, I don't do more than three. I agree. I would be happy to do two, one redraft, one dynasty league, and then call it that. Cause then, but on the third league, I just usually even just let it be there for fun. And usually it's a league that other people aren't that good. in. Right. So then I actually have a chance cause I came in third place in that league last year. It's like, you don't care. Um, so you do better. Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually did well, and it, it towards the end it was the playoffs. I had certain players I can't remember exactly my roster, and they just didn't show up for the playoffs. But I still got third place in that league, and I was uh, my LA locals. I did not do well, but again, like I said, is I started off the season dubiously by not starting James Conner, even though I I snuck in and picked him up in the free agency waiver wire before anybody realized that Levy and Bell was actually going to sit out the whole right. season. Um, I just got gun shy though with starting a no uh, an unknown quantity for week one, but I should have because he blew up for like twenty five points. That Would game. you start him week one this year? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I mean, he's he's the number one bell cow now in Pittsburgh, and he showed that he could do it last year. So yeah, he he's definitely a week one starter without a doubt. He's going to be a top. I think from what I'm seeing, he's going to be on a first round pick probably this year. I mean, Roethlisberger's arm is not getting any younger. So throwing it is becoming less of an option. A lot more dump offs, a lot more screens. I, I feel like their future is really in the running back game. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like quarterback's arms, though, are kind of like rubber arm pitchers, though, where they can still just heave that ball up there. And if they got a guy who can just jump for it, they're good. Well, so anyway, so those leagues, and then the dynasty league I've been in is just status quo. Last year, I just missed the playoffs. Six teams make it. I think I was like team number seven, but that was fine because then I got a better draft pick, and I'm hoping that I can round out my team pretty good this year. Um, so this year, uh, yeah, but right now, let's talk some uh, player news. News. That equates more to draft strategy for redraft leagues. Um, 
the first topic uh, for current player news is this uh, AB is going to quit over his a new helmet. Um, what a crazy story this is. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? How does this affect your perception of him and where you would draft him in uh, draft strategy? I, I don't believe any of it. I feel like it's all manufactured so that people aren't thinking about what the Raiders are doing. I feel like this is his own prima donna just coming out and Gruden kind of being like, I like the distraction, you know, because if the media is focused on this, they're not talking about all the bad stuff I did last year. You know what I mean? So I feel like he's really owning it. I feel like they've talked it out. Like we'll figure out whatever you're my star, you know, we're going to do whatever you need to do. You don't need to be this vocal, but if you're going to do it, you know, let's get in front of it. Cause he backs his players, even though he's sitting there going, get the new helmet, just, just put the new helmet on. Like, Quit, quit bitching about it. Just put the helmet on. But he still back, yeah. backs his players, which is going to make AB want to come. You know, it's it's going to make him want to coach, to play for him. I always enjoy a baseless ultimatum from a player as well. <laughs> it's always fun to watch where you're just like, you know how this is going to end. Yeah. He's going to cave. He's not going to quit no. and retire over a helmet when he just got a brand new not at all. Please. But it's fun to watch. It's a show. I, I just love self-destructive players. It's it's just so typical of a Didn't he throw a trash can too? Wasn't he the one that did that at some point? I mean I don't know. He he you know, he, he has a blonde mustache, he has <laughs> the nineties dangly cross earrings that, you know, um Deion Sanders used to wear right. and all that fun stuff. We haven't had a di- prima donna diva wide receiver really go out on a limb in a good couple of years. Like, I almost say Ocho Cinco yeah. T.O. era. I'm enjoying it. I haven't seen it. In, I mean, that's probably been what, what, like six, seven years now since we really have had just straight up wacko. This guy's got to be just yeah. on so high on PCP right now. Uh, it's one where of, does he get drafted? I, that's a great question. That's part of the thing is because most drafts have him dropping. Period. Him leaving Pittsburgh, going to Oakland, already hurts his drop, uh stock value. And now with these like little uh, flare ups of uh, prima donna sure. attitudes. I don't know where where would you take him first round? No, I think he's third or fourth at this point. Third or fourth? Ooh, yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I'd say he's going to go second round. I I feel like second, who, maybe third is the who lowest. gets taken before him? Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Hopkins. Yeah, your favorite your favorite Houston star year in and year out. The the biggest sleeper pick you always get. No one ever talks about it. He's the most consistent wide receiver out there. He really is. He His base is like 12 well, points. I mean, just dabbling in a little strategy talk here. I mean, usually everybody's jumping for those uh, those running backs at the top of the round. And I'm like, well, I'd, it's either the choice between like the sixth best running back or the number one wide receiver in all of football. Right. I think I'll go with the number one wide receiver. So, all right, then uh, speaking of uh, top six running backs, how about the uh, Dak, or I'm sorry, how about the Zeke money grab here? Uh, you pulling a little Le'Veon Bell strategy, trying to talk about sitting out the whole season unless he gets a new contract. Yeah, uh, he's absolutely and- playing the market. I mean, he knows he's undervalued based on Todd Gurley's contract, and he feels like he's owed more money, and wah. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, we're sitting here, in our not million dollar homes, go and just take the take the check and get out there, you know. Oh well, and and uh, JJ Jerry Jones man saying he doesn't need to pay a big running back in order to win. So do you believe that? I don't believe that. I believe that's all for show as well. That's that's what you have to say. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Jerry Jones, he thinks he's bigger than everybody there who can play on the field. So 
I, I think there's a little bit of truth to what he thinks he's saying. But what do you think? Do you think that Zeke's going to sit out for the season, or do you think he's going to get paid, or do you think he'll fold and come play? I feel like the Cowboys are losing their locker room right now. I mean, also Dak pulling his thing. Well, you know, like that was my next. What, that was my next uh, topic of player news. Was the Dak so, uh, bad money choices? It, it really uh, is like turning down a thirty million dollar contract because he thinks he needs another ten million per year for forty. I mean, come on. They do not have a hold on their players right now. I don't expect much from them. They're losing. They didn't even uh, re-sign their kicker. They're having a lot of problems in Dallas. So I don't expect much. I do expect he'll cave because he's younger than Le'Veon Bell. He's, you know, Jerry Jones owns him essentially. And I feel like Jerry Jones will make it happen by inviting him over to dinner and giving him a Bentley or whatever it is. That... So then where does this affect you with his draft strat, uh, draft status? I, I feel like you can wait to the second round for him. I think there's going to be so many people who are worried that he's not going to play that you're, you're, they're not going to draft him. So I think he's a steal at the second round. Um, if you can get him, if he, you know, if that one person isn't like us going, I'll risk it. So if so our draft for our league is August 31st, if he is still holding out at that point, does that affect it by that point of uh, your decision and your strategy with him? I, I definitely drop him around if he still hasn't signed by them. If he did sign, it completely is a wash, you know, like he's first round again. Um, yeah. So right now he's... So, uh, so where, okay, first round, where do you think? Is he top three? Is he top five? Obviously top five. Yeah, he's is obviously he top, top five. I originally had him in my top three, and then he pulled this stunt, and he kind of dropped down to like the Todd Gurley area in like the six or seven running back. So he's he's teetering right now, but he's definitely the number four overall if he signs the contract. If he doesn't, and we have to decide, he's getting dropped to like the eighth running back spot for me yeah which is still kind of late second possibly at worst early third right um i mean if he's there by the first or second pick of the third whoever's there has got to grab him um but he also he's he's a liability though he he loves to uh you know hang out with some ladies pull some shirts down you know rough some people up you know he he likes getting in trouble so he's got a history of that so i just feel like there's there's one player every year that does this you know, that, that really hurts. He consistently seems to do it every year. So, <laughs> so, so I take it, you think he's not going to sign, but you know, that might, that might be also my, uh, Philadelphia Eagle probably coming out. Just loving to see the tra- uh, train wreck of Dallas Cowboys. Of course. A, a, but how do you feel? Do you think he's going to sign or you think, uh, uh, he sits out the season? I think he plays. I don't think he sits out. I, he, I don't think he gains anything by that. He, he's not going to get a new contract that way. Um, yeah, I, I think he either gets signed or he folds and comes in, which I think is probably the most likely thing to do. Because I don't know how many years he has left. He still probably has a year or two left on his contract. Um, or if they resign him, it's to a big extension, but he, I don't think they changed these last two years that are part of his contract. So I, I still would put him in a top six as far as running back goes, period, just because of all of like the craziness surrounding him. Um what about Dak? Do you does this? I mean, I don't think he's that top of a a wide rec- or a quarterback to begin with. I think he's average at best. Um, so even on fantasy football wise, I probably would steer clear of Dak regardless. So it's just it's just a matter of you know how does all of these pieces fit in with the Dallas team and the other players that are on there like Amari Cooper, um, that kind of thing. That's what I was gonna say is that he affects Amari Cooper's stock more than anything. Um, he, he, 
he uh, attacks Randall Cobb's yeah. stock as well. Those are because I mean you've got a new slot receiver to take over Cole Beasley's spot, and and they utilize that spot in the red zone a lot. So if you don't have someone who can throw it to him, but Dak has always been just a game manager yeah. to me. That's that's all Jerry Jones ever wants is just a game manager, someone yeah, that doesn't like lose the game. His predecessor Tony Romo, <laughs> who goes on. Oh no, he'll go. Said, who, he'll go. Said I have to say podcast. is an amazing, amazing announcer. He is doing. A bang up job. His his passion just it rings through the TV set. Just the way he reads defenses up in that. It booth. is funny how mediocre of a quarterback he was, yet a great announcer he was. And on the inverse, that Jason Witten was such a fantastic tight end, but such a terrible announcer. <laughs> that sure. yeah, exactly. That's why he went back. Exactly. Oh yeah, because that's going <laughs> to solve all of Dallas's problems. Let me tell you. No, I love that meme that was like Tony Romo calling all these defenses. Hey, wait, I could have done this as a quarterback. You know, who knew? <laughs> um, so moving on from Dallas Trash Talk, uh, what about the Todd Gurley knee situation? Where does that leave you at with him? Do you think he's a sleeper this year now that he's dropping down in the uh, average draft position? They have been running that man like a bell cow ever since he came into that building. I mean, I remember the first time they started him, he had 40 snaps. So they, they are wearing that man down. Um, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. He still leads their offense. He is their number one weapon. If you're going to get a Ram, you get Todd Gurley. Um, he has just persevered through injuries. I mean, he's going with the overall average pick right now of around 19.3. So he's looking into the second round. So they've got him way further down than I do. I've got him as my five running back, okay. uh, maybe six. Uh, again, they they run the offense through him, and they dump off passes to him constantly. He gets he gets work. What about though the pickup of they have additional running backs this year though there that are somewhat questionable in the sense of the talk coming out of Rams organization that Gurley's fine yet they're still drafting and picked up uh, free agent running backs that are pretty highly regarded that would I theoretically eat into his carry count so where does that where do you where's that you where do you land I, on that i think if i only view them as like a change of pace let him get out of the game sort of uh alternative to the fact that he's always played all the snaps that you've never drafted a todd Gurley. but handcuff. don't you think the using him as the bell cow is like the amount of workload he's had the past couple of years that that is, is going to affect him physically and not going to be able to carry this load anymore. Absolutely. But I thought that in year number two, uh, because he didn't start the first season until like week eight. So I didn't, I thought for sure week, uh, year number two of his contract that they would run him to the ground. And to my surprise, he really didn't even come up with an injury until like week nine, um, even being tackled okay. as much as he did. Well, that's a great segue then into talking a little bit of draft strategy talk here. Strategy talk. The running back mess that is fantasy football, though, right now, because for the past two to three years, there's been a nice steady balance of like the top three to five running backs and almost in order being Gurley, Zeke, Johnson, Bell, um, maybe not, you know, you could probably bump Bell up there, uh, probably to number two, number one overall before uh, last season. But those were like the top four running backs clearly no matter what those are the first four picks going 
now this year there's been so much changeover between teams with these running backs and these injuries like Todd Gurley and all of the mess with Zeke and his offseason issues like where is your head at with running backs this season? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I feel like that position, everybody, you have to draft those top three. And who three are your if top you three them. then? Uh, whatever those... Not even necessarily in order, just who are your top three that you would take at any of the one, two, three picks? I'm not a big Giants fan, but everyone's telling me Barkley is supposed to be the number one pick. That's um, what it seems like. And from what my small research, I did do a mock draft. Uh, this morning, uh, uh, just to get start to get a feel, it was my first one of the off season, and Barkley went number one, Kamara sure. went number two, and McCaffrey number three, and those are the. That's exactly what I was going to say. Those are the three that I was going to say, and and in no specific order because I don't believe that's the order. But that's what uh, the ADP yeah, is. Yeah, that right is. Uh, Barkley is one point four, Kamara's two point eight, and um, McCaffrey's three point seven. Zeke is up there at three point three, but again, I think that's based off of old performance, For now. not necessarily factoring in what's happening in real time uh yeah so okay so those are your top three and so no matter what one two or three those are the player you're taking one of those three players i'm getting one of those three players on on saturday i mean that's the idea is that's what i'm going into it it always changes depend on draft position if i get you know the nine or the ten snake spot you know we all, you've already taken the top three i may start my top three tight ends at that point Does... like we talked about does any other position after the number three pick jump up to number four outside of a running back? Like, or is David Johnson or Zeke going to be four or five as well? Or does maybe a Devonte Adams, a Hopkins, uh, a Beckham jr. Jump up into any of those four five, six picks. I think David Johnson is kind of the untalked about uh, running back that could surprise people. He did nothing last year. He had two games where he produced points. And besides that, if you drafted him where you drafted him, yeah. you were very Well, he was sober. the number one overall pick generally in a lot of leagues because of the Bell situation and his performance the year before. Um, my question over there is, obviously, he had a down year last year for his, for his standards, and you got a new coach in there who is an offensive coach, but he's known for what they call the air raid offense, which means they just chuck the ball. He's coming from college. It's not always like a great... Uh, transition but I actually think this guy could do a pretty good job there especially with the weapons that they have they have that quarterback the new young quarterback they got a couple wide receivers but do you see but that helps that the new quarterback only helps the True. running back though because he is his life yeah and and David Johnson can catch out of the backfield a bit so even if he just needs to dump the ball off because something's not happening but uh no you are right with that the in a rookie quarterback the running back is always the safety valve outside of a tight end but especially somebody of David Johnson's uh, pedigree caliber. Yeah, absolutely. So I think David Johnson's going to be uh, undervalued. Uh, I don't, where is he in your ADP on your list? Okay. Well, he's um, at, he's going number four and he went number four in this mock draft. I, I have David. I would Johnson. say that's then, accurate. Okay. Then at the number five pick in my mock, uh, Devonte Adams got picked up before Zeke and before Levy and bell. Um, yeah, I know. Okay. I, that was a bit of a reach, I thought. So what about Le'Veon Bell with, you know, everything that happened last year now on the Jets? Like, do you think he's going to have close to his old ways or do you think he's going to be significantly worse or something else? I'm definitely worried. Um, he's he's probably at the end of his football career, kind of like um, LT was when he went to the Jets. Uh, from the Chargers. Uh, see, I, yeah, I don't know. I, that That's a bit of a stretch comparison. I'd say it's more like, um, who was the guy for Tennessee that 
uh, Johnson was it Chris Johnson? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris, remember Chris Duque. Remember he went off and he, same thing. He held out for like five or six games and then came back and he was never the same. And I don't think he even got his deal. And then like from there, he wasn't the same running back that he was prior. So that's where I'm feel like bell could be more at. And, reports that the coach didn't actually want them to sign him and that was the old gm and then the gm got fired in the offseason after he signed levy and bell it's just a mess it's the jets they're a mess so i'm, I'm not touching bell i really i'm the person that does may be surprised and, and have some production out of him but i personally like people who i feel like have an average of 10 points every single game that's kind of what i think as a base okay so is there anybody else then on your do not draft for running backs as far as in like the first two, possibly three rounds that you just don't think's going to do well at all? Um, you'd have to give me a list of uh, kind of like what people are doing, like your Devontae Adams uh, sort of people who I don't feel like should be there because well, essentially here, here, here's one here. Well, I mean, uh, so again, I'm just going off this one mock draft I did and a little bit looking at an ADP for the Yahoo league that we're in. Uh, Connor went at pick 10. Nick Chubb, which I thought was a strange one, is up there at pick number 11 in the first round. Uh, and he's up there as an average draft position of 12-9. Um, Joe Mixon made it into the first round. Or, no, uh, yeah, um, he had pick number 14. I'll um, go with that one. Let me see who else. <laughs> Mixon. Uh, That'll Devon, be my vote Dalvin all Cook day. is uh, round two. Uh, yeah, what do you think of him? Dalvin Cook, He was there was so much hype last year. I, I would hurt. get a chance on him in round two if I if I, if my strategy was to try to again it depends on what your strategy is but if I was trying to fill in a balance of positions I would probably try to go for him in the early two or in you know the mid round two depending again on the pick um, if I already landed a top receiver in the first round I would try to maybe go Dalvin Cook Gurley I would go around this in 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 the second round trying to fill it out but that leads me to what is your uh the you know i i've been a proponent of this i've done it for a few prior years uh and it seems like it's come might be coming back in vogue this year is the zero rb strategy what is your thoughts on that do you think this type of uh environment with running backs leads credence back bringing that strategy back i've done it i've done it in years past where i draft my wide receiver before i draft my running back and I feel like the entire season, I'm just just on this anxiety train of trying to find a running back that is a starting running back that doesn't have uh, running by committee. Uh, I just uh, it, it is so much harder when you draft a wide receiver first, but at the same time, when Julio Jones is putting up 27 points a game or Antonio Brown is giving you 28, 30 points, just just consistently, you don't need that running back. So I, I put that stress on myself. I think if you want a boring season, you draft a running back first, and then you try to find those wide receivers because they'll come to the top. You know, you'll find your slot wide receivers who are putting up those points that I'm looking for. You're not going to get your top three wide receivers. It's the same thing. I, I just feel like the pool of wide receivers is so much bigger than the running back position that you're making it harder on yourself Unless you get those top, which three is wide possible receivers. though, and I've done this before, and it, and it I, honestly, I'll, I've done it for a few years. Last year and the year before are the two years I, I stopped doing it, and the first, the two years ago was just out of dumb luck that, um, 
or maybe this was three years ago when I did it dumb luck Zeke fell to the second round I think this was like his first or second year maybe and I got it on the snake back and I picked him up and it ended up really helping me but I've had mixed results with the zero running back um, strategy like early years it worked well but over the past few years when I've done it it hasn't but that's also because there's been such um, transcendent talent as far as points wise in fantasy for running backs that you kind of need them but then it's a drop off after like the top six it does drop off pretty big that you need to fill in that position earlier because it's not as deep as wide receiver and then you really are just hoping you then need to have top flight wide receivers to make up for the insignificant points that you're getting from running back position if you don't even have a top 10 running back uh in your on your team at all or even a top 15 like if you don't have a top 15 running back you're really struggling like you said week to week and i've had that problem the past few seasons but that's my question this year it seems like it's slightly deeper yet also the drop off like everything's kind of changed with the way running backs have had you know have moved around now some of the top ones have, have fallen back being Gurley and bell and uh johnson but there's also probably going to be like two or three running backs that aren't known yet that are going to break out this year. And it's, it's another question. It's like, can you hit on one of those guys in a later round? Right. And I think that comes to handcuffing uh, who you think is going to get injured. You know what I mean? Like it sounds bad to predict that someone is going to have an E injury or, or something's going to happen to them. But I would say towards your mystery relevant pick, you really have to start, getting your James yep. Conner of last year and, and, and whoever is going to back up Zeke yeah. just as a shot in the dark, you know, because that's, if you're going to pick wide receiver first, I, I feel like you have to be in like the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 spot. Otherwise it's a waste. Cause you could grab those running backs. Yeah. And, uh, and, that we talked about, and those wide receivers, like it's worked for me a little bit, like I said in the past, because I usually will get like, I'll have two to three top 15 wide receivers though. And and it has right. made up for and it. It makes Not up for that it. It has in the long run down, especially in the stretch or in the playoffs. That's where it usually will come back to bite me, though, of not right. having a solid, reliable running back. Um, and even at trade deadline, it's hard. People, you know, I, I'm reluctant to give up one of my better receivers for a running back or they're, you know, they overvalue their running back enough that it just doesn't make sense to upgrade my team that way. So it is a stressful one, especially in the long run. And, um, it, it, the past few seasons have been more difficult with that. But again, it feels like if you're going to want to try it again, I think this is a year to give it a shot just because of the, the, the new flux of running backs. Um, and there's a few people on the radar too, that you can take a chance on um, the Williams guy in Kansas city who is taken over for Kareem hunt. Um, I'm trying to think what other research have I found? Um, uh, who is a high running back? I can't remember. There, there's a rookie or two out there that people, Oh, um, Miles Sanders on the Eagles and uh, the guy over on Chicago. The Eagles. Let's talk about them. The running back situation in there is not a pleasant one for the fantasy football fan. No. So uh, I'm a, in my dynasty, in my rookie draft, I had the number two overall pick. Uh, I traded up for it. I wasn't that bad. And I picked Miles Sanders. Uh, oh, the the Raiders running back, uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs, went number one overall in the rookie draft. So that's another one that people are looking at as first-year impact. Miles Sanders is looking like a high upside, but he might not start impacting until midway through the season, uh, although his camp reports are 
he's looking like clearly the best running back. But Jordan Howard isn't no slouch, though, and he's probably <laughs> going to have more carries in the beginning because of his veteran presence. Uh, you've got you've got Jordan Howard coming from a Bears team who played against teams who put eight in the box, and he was still able to get you production. So to be on an Eagles team, yeah. But he but but P, but we talk about PPR. He doesn't catch out of the backfield a lot, though. Well, especially with Sproles on that team, it's going to be difficult. But they, you, you'd be surprised. I'm sure they're going to throw him out to the flat a little bit more uh, than he did with the Browns. I mean, not the Browns, but well, as an Eagles fan too, I have a little bit more insight of how their running back strategy goes. And their running back coach, Deuce Staley, has had historically free reign. He's the one who calls the rotation. So it kind of is based off of like whatever situation is and they want to run the ball. He's the one who decides who runs the ball, even no matter what the, whatever the play call is from the coach, as far as the running call, Deuce Staley chooses it. And sometimes you watch these games and it's maddening because in say the first half, somebody's they're handing the ball, the rock off to one guy and he's doing really, really well. And you're like, great, we're starting to establish the run. He's playing well. He's getting his momentum. And then the second half, he just disappears for no good reason. It's just because, uh, the running back coach decided to change up and 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 do some rotational th- um, things. And yeah, just game like, flow, game flow for the Eagles. Yeah, they do a, they do a great uh, job of that. It's frustrating have. as a fan just watching it. Like, why are you doing this? Like, something was working and you're not. And now in fantasy sure. football wise, it's it's just it's a nerve wracking situation to be in that I have him. So again, I would take a chance on Miles Sanders in probably the fourth or fifth round if he's still there, just because I think he has high upside. Where where does Jordan Howard go? Second, third? I mean, in that, or is he even further back? No, I think opinion? he's. I think he's still. Well, I, I think he's like late third, maybe fourth round. I think Sanders and Jordan are going to go probably around the same part. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like you know, a good strategy might be you know take one in like the fourth and then try to go for the next one in the fifth for a handcuff. But again, you're then going to have to go week to week deciding which one do you think is going to get the hot hand which is always a frustrating situation to be in. So I, I think so overall, I think Miles Sanders yeah, having said that, stick out by the end of the season. It's just a matter of then you drafting other running backs that can hold the line, at least in one spot. They've got four solid running backs on that team. Yeah, but Sproles is too sporadic for me to ever invest unless it's like way late round. No, he's the vulture. Sproles is the vulture. He's not put, you're not going to put him on your team. He's just going to take away from the guy yeah, that you did. I know. So anyway, it's a, that, the, it's a tough one. The Miles Sanders one is a difficult pick in redraft leagues this season. And, um, and then the other guy, oh, is the new running back though on Chicago, I think is a better choice because he's getting the rock right from the start. And he's, they're saying he's a three sure. down back and all of that. So those are the kind of some of the guys that we can look at to try to run out a uh, low running back or no running back strategy in the first couple rounds and then try to pick them up in like the third, the fourth round maybe. Uh, yeah, so essentially you have to have a good feeling about a guy in order to draft these wide receivers early. Yeah, that's and I'm going to do a couple that's more mock drafts too to kind of see where those kind of guys shake out. That That's going to be of the course. biggest uh, question is where do they shake out in a lot of people's drafts because that's where I'm hoping they would fall, but that doesn't mean other people aren't thinking the same thing and might take a flyer on them in a late second, early third, which doesn't help my strategy then. So we'll, we'll see about that. So it's all very interesting. I just think that there's been a lot of changeover this year that – even the top, the first round is a lot of question marks. Like nothing is a surefire outside of maybe Barkley and um, Kamara and McCaffrey. Yeah, and even yeah, yeah, exactly. So those are outside of those guys. Everything else in the first round is kind of a crapshoot. You know that Patrick Mahomes is going to get somebody's going to take a flyer on him in the first round, which I sure. 
But is he better than Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers always gets pulled first and second round too. Yeah. Well, in our league, we have a couple Packer fans too, so that they have their. Uh, Rodgers yeah. did great in the uh, playoff system. The week sixteen, he got me like forty-two points on one of my teams. So I was against him on one. Yeah. And, so that yeah. that is always the to me the quarterback in the first round is always a wild card, which I'm happy to see. I can't take a wide a quarterback in the first round, and it's the same thing as wide receiver where there's too many high level quarterbacks that you can take a good value pick at least no higher than third like oh i agree you can you can really hold off on a quarterback this year yeah and if you're if you don't get those two if you don't get aaron Rodgers, or you don't get pat mahomes uh there's really such a big drop off between i mean brady's such a good quarterback but not for fantasy um yeah and that and father time's going to catch up with him at some point it may hey it may not be this year but it's going to and the same thing with drew Brees. Uh, th- so that i'm th- i'm gonna leave on this I'm going to leave on this. My bold prediction for the year, the Patriots don't make the playoffs. That's my bold prediction. What's your bold prediction? Give me something, anything that you think could happen that possibly would be a little crazy because that's crazy talk. It's crazy talk to say the Patriots won't make the, their Their division is so easy. They can lose most of their games and still somehow make it. Uh, so. I'll say the Browns make the playoffs. I don't know how bold of a pick that is. I like it. I, I would definitely go to Vegas and put some money down that the Browns make the playoffs this year. I, I would I would definitely go with your bold yeah, prediction. I mean, I, if you to make it a little bit more bold, I'd even say they'll win a playoff game. Um, if we need to up the stakes a little. Bit. I like it. I, way, way to way to step up the stakes. That's what we like to hear here at Fantasy Football Interrupted. But on say, saying that, I need to leave. So let's wrap this up. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think it was a great first episode back. And then uh, let's try to jump back on maybe in a few days and keep this talk going. We still have some more uh, topics to talk about before our draft. Let's do it. Yeah, we've got a couple more topics. Good teasers. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good first episode back in season three. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. We'll see you tomorrow.